All right, everybody, welcome to the 325th edition of the Holy Backboard Podcast. I am Dustin here in Rip City, and I got my man. Sage, chilling live and direct. Very excited about this podcast, man. You know, the Blazers, it is what it is. Like, we're expected to talk about the Blazers, and that's great. But it's kind of hard to talk about having two amazing sieves defensively and how we don't have the capabilities of making it work with you know, the two de- two bad defenders. But this, this is inspiring. I love talking about prospects and what they can potentially be in the league. And I'm so happy to be doing this again. I mean, it's a bummer that Blazers are at a place where we probably feel comfortable talking about these prospects and for the chance that we can get them. But I'm, I'm ready. I'm ready to roll. Speaking of that comfort level, the Blazers currently sit 10th right now in the lottery rankings, uh, 28 and 30 uh, heading coming out of uh, the all-star break. They also would own the New York Knicks pick, um, which would be 22nd. So, you know, we really have the whole range of draft prospects to cover this year. While it would be unlikely for Portland to sneak into the top four, uh, Funnier things have happened, but when you also factor in that that Knicks pick, there there is ways to maneuver up a, a little bit here and a little bit there. And as you mentioned, second year of doing our Future Friday content series, uh, really fun to get a deep dive into these prospects. And it's also interesting to see who you hit on, uh, who you missed on, uh, even even early on in their rookie seasons. And it's just a really fun way to follow the league because a lot of these players, they're not on national TV because they're getting drafted to teams uh, probably not ready to win championships. When We all know the NBA likes to showcase the same handful of teams uh, across their networks. So it's, it's still fun to catch those highlights and see how they're doing, climbing up the rookie ladder and so on. But Without further ado, the the first prospect of the 2023 uh, draft class that we will be uh, discussing in our Future Friday series is power forward uh, Jarris Walker from the University of Houston. Uh, A quick rundown on Jarris and how his season is going so far. Currently, he's uh, playing for the number one team in the land, both in the AP and the coaches poll. Uh, The Houston Cougars are are 25 and two uh, at the moment. Uh, Jarris is a five-star recruit. Uh, he was the 12th player overall uh, coming out of IMG Academy, same place where Portland Trailblazer guard Anthony Simons uh, came from. And he, like I mentioned, he was the, the 12th player overall ranked by, by rivals. Um, and at the moment, uh, the ringer has Jarris fifth on their big board and Tankathon has Jarris uh, seventh on their big board. I've been checking out mock drafts. And I've seen him climb as high as four. So there's kind of a range of really early lottery to maybe top 10. So it's starting to get fluid in the sense of you have a lot of collegiate games under the season or under their wings. The players are starting to separate from one another and teams can kind of see uh, who they are going to target. Uh, so far in, in 26 games, Jarris is playing 26 minutes per game, uh, just over 11 points on nearly 50% shooting from the field, 39% from three on two and a half attempts, uh, six and a half rebounds, two assists, a block, a steal, 
um, as I mentioned, starting for the number one team in the country. Sage, this is a prospect that you were uh, most excited to talk about. Right? Doug, you, I've never smiled this much for a Holy Backford podcast. You, you, you always pick a handful of guys each year. A couple years ago, it was Desmond Bain and Xavier Tillman. Uh, both ended up, coincidentally enough, on Memphis. And I would say Desmond Bain has probably been the steal of that draft class going in the last pick of the first round and arguably a top three player from that class uh, last year, you were really, really high on a Chet Holmgren um, that the it, it's the book has still been yet to be written on Chet, whether Definitely. the injuries are going to be a prolonged uh, hamstring for, for him, if he's going to be hamstring by them, or if he's going to kind of break the mold like Joel Embiid was and play up to an all NBA caliber potential. Uh, but Jairus, you, you've said it uh, from 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 the jump. He is your guy from this draft class. Uh, tell the listeners why that is. I, I think the versatility and what he can do on the basketball court is just so diverse. Like offensively, he could be, you know, a like a hub playmaking wise that can make decisions. He can isolate against smaller guys and post them up. He can go against bigger guys and go around him and score. He probably has the best floater in college at six nine, and is a horse. He just has so much you can do. Like if you need him to make that pass, he'll make that pass, and it's gonna have mustard on it, and it's gonna be like a good read. Like I watch Anthony Simons try and play point guard, and then I look at Jairus Walker making plays offensively, tr- setting up his bigs or setting setting up the corner shooter, and I'm like, damn, if Ant could only pass like the six nine power forward we could be in such a better position. So it's really the versatility offensively and defensively. I I think we should talk about his offense first because there might be more moles on it than the defense, which I think I I haven't really seen a better rookie or freshman defender than him. He, He outside of Wemby, which I think he's just such a unicorn. He's probably the best defensive prospect in this draft at six, nine. So it's just the versatility of what you can do. It's like whoever the coach is can put him in so many different ways and lanes and he can he can be a good basketball player. So that's what makes me so curious about what he can do in the league. Like he's on Houston. They're the number one team in the nation. They're not highlighting him like if he went to LSU. If he went to LSU, he could be number three on people's boards because of his versatility. But he's on the best team in the league, playing really good basketball, playing really hard, playing in their really difficult defensive scheme, and looks like the best defensive prospect. So I'm just amazed at his versatility. So you're looking at a player standing 6'8", weighing 240, is measured so far via the ringer to have a seven, two wingspan. So he's able to make up for that probably smaller stature size wise Mm -hmm. as a power forward. And I think both you and I are pretty convinced he's a four, maybe a small ball five. I think he could definitely do the small ball five and at at the next level and offensively, let's kind of get into, get into it first Um, where it starts and and stops uh, I think is shooting right In, in the modern NBA game you have to be able to at least keep the defense honest. We always talk about Nasir Little, and he has to shoot league average to stay on the floor, which he has done. With, with Jairus Walker, the, the form, I don't see too many issues with, with the form, but uh, it's still, right now, it's basically just, just catch and shoot. He does have a little bit of a one dribble pull up, maybe two feet inside the collegiate 
three-point arc, those are really his his go-to moves. Um, at outside the, moment. the floater, yeah, out, yeah, he, and he loves the floater. Almost he loves to, the floater to a, to a fault. Uh, yeah, with with that athleticism and length, you you would like to see him grow into a finisher. Like he's mm. initiating the contact. He's getting to the line kind of in that Zion Williamson mold where he kind of just puts his head down and you have to, you have to really want to take that charge, right? Yeah. yeah. It's a business decision. What you want to do with Jairus? Cause he's built, he, he, six, he's 6'8", 240. He's, a, he's a fucking tank, but he's a skilled tank. Like that's, a, he's a skilled tank. I, 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 are you worried about a shot? It's not Michael Kidd Gilchrist levels of worried, but it's not, shade and sharp coming out of the draft okay. like it it doesn't look perfect and it looks so here here's the good i see he does have a bit of a quick high release on the catch and shoots like we've seen jeremy grant do this year mm-hmm. and i think that's perfect for what you want him to do i don't i don't think and, and i've seen the the Kawhi leonard comparisons and i don't quite i don't think he's going to hit that ceiling i think Kawhi is talk about Wemby being a unicorn I think Kawhi is is in a, a level of of his own as well I don't think offensively he'll get to that level of shot creation and I think mm. that's what separates that but I do think he could be respectable and I think when you're drafting Jarris you're drafting him to be more of a playmaker mm-hmm. on offense and to be your anchor defensively like on offense he's probably going to be your fourth or fifth option like you're not going to be running a lot of sets for him you'll be running sets through him if that makes sense like he's going to be kind of an air traffic controller and if he happens to get a corner three uh so be it maybe four or five years down the line you could see him start to get some isolation like Mm -hmm. julius randall type of sets but i think that's far in in the distance like a team that's second contract jairus yeah a, a team now is focusing defensively and then hey can you just can you just league average from three and distribute the basketball uh, in the middle of the floor, similar to what Golden State utilizes Draymond Green in. Like they put a lot of trust in him. And that is a a major skill set to have. And Portland has needed that for, for so many mm-hmm. years. But to get the ball in the middle of the floor, the middle of the floor is a way to break any defense known to man. You're able to uh, make the correct decision. You're going to be unstoppable there. So as long as he can hit a foul line jumper and continue to make the correct passes, uh, you're going to see him stay on the floor. And if he's able to do that, that's where he's going to be really su- successful as a small ball five. If he can really hone in on the t- decision making and cut down on the turnovers at the NBA level. And, and you know, Draymond's like six, six. He's he's a he's a solid six, eight, six, nine. So you even have more height. The fact that we're talking about a 18 year old freshman student. As like I could see him doing the Draymond Green role as a passer and as a as a decision maker from the power forward center position, just shows his versatility. Like I'm, I've been watching a lot of his games recently, and the way that he's shooting, there's that confidence in it. So if he has that confidence in himself to take and make shots, because he's hitting forty percent off catch and shoot, and I think that's like if he can hit, hit at that marker in the league. Off a of catch and shoot, all that shooting stuff is kind of like it doesn't really matter if he can if he can just hit the. I I, I mean he's going to deserve way more of a closeout than Josh Hart, but if he can, if if Dame's gravity allows for him to get an open shot, if he's hitting at a forty percent catch and shoot marker, I'm fine with that. And then if they close out on him, he has all of these tools in the bag to either make a play for himself, 
get to the line, use the floater, hit somebody with the correct pass. That's a lot of use. That's a lot of things that he can do for a basketball team. And like, I'm, I'm not really worried about the shot because I've seen him take some like contested threes and then on the next possession, block the shot of the person he's defending and then, you know, run back for a dunk. So like, I think, I think the playmaking has to be something that is what you're counting on. Cause there's not that many six, nine playmakers that can just make things happen. Like the way Jairus does. So I, I think I, I'm, there's... I'm, what's up. I was going to say, I, I think you talk about the, the, the shot, uh, the shot making and the, the decision making something that's not going to show up on the stat sheet. I think, you know, the, the quote unquote, he's got that dog in him. He He's he the doggest of the dogs. He hustles like, oh, yeah. there are videos about how he defends inbound passes because it's it's a similar thing of Kevin Love on in his outlet passes. There, there mm. was just that that trait that he has. He's got some Gerald Wallace in his game. And if he can become a better shooting Gerald Wallace, um, that Gerald Wallace was an All-NBA player. He was an yeah. All-Star. And if he can refine his skill set along the way so he's not out of the league once that athleticism uh, mm-hmm. declines, once he hits that, that 30-year mark, um, that's really where I see, like, I really can see him playing that role because he just is everywhere. And that's, Gerald Wallace's nickname was Crash. Like, he mm-hmm. would do anything and everything. And he just has that intangible um, just want to just to be the, the that dog out there. And I think every freaking team needs someone like that, especially when you're playing 82 games and maybe you're on the second night of a back-to-back in Indianapolis. Like you might not have the most energy in the world. You can count on Jairus to set the tone. And if he can become kind of that tone setter, that, that official mm-hmm. uh, kind of the secretary of defense in on that end of the court, that is going to make up for, I mean, he's going to be worth his weight in gold, really, if he's able to do that and have that type of impact. Are we are we talking about a potential all defensive player with Jarris Walker? You would, I mean, if if you, if you're saying a prospect is the best defender in the draft class, absolutely. Matisse Thybul yeah. was the best defender in that draft class, first team all defense twice. So, absolutely, I, I think that has to be something you're. Almost, I don't want to say expecting, but you have to somewhat expect it when you're drafting a player. I, I that think he's. High. Do you think he's a better defender than Evan Mobley? The thing about Evan is he has traits that Jairus will never be able to get, and yeah. he is a like he's he's just bigger and he's mm-hmm. taller. Um, he's but lanky. It, uh, it's, I it's, think it's they're different. similar. I it's think different. Similar. It's different. I, I like, mean the impact that both of those can make. It's like you can you can have it'll be a different type of defense. Tell, yeah, because I, Draymond is a different defender than Mobley, but I would argue Peak Draymond is one of the best defenders of all time. Mm. It's just how you're able to defend. Can you get leverage? I mean, we've seen Draymond lock up Jokic because he knows how to get leverage. He studies the game. He knows what he wants to do. Like just like Barkley and the rebounding, he was like six, four, but he studied where the trajectory of the ball would go off mm-hmm. and place his body there. Like there are, and then this is where it separates the elite from just the, the average NBA players. And I think it's something that has escaped scouts for, for all, all of mankind is just, there's an intangible factor. It, are the players going to want it enough? Are they a student of the game? Is it just a natural instinct too? Because some players have it and some players don't. Like they can see the game, 
it slows down for them. If he's able to bring all that together, you're looking at like a first team uh, perennial, not just mm-hmm. one or two perennial defender. Um, and defenders get paid. So it, it is not a bad uh, skill set to hang your hat on if you're Jarris Walker, because in today's NBA, if you can defend, you're going to get bigger contracts than guys who can put up 25. Totally. And I, I remember hearing Kelvin Sampson say how teachable he is at this level he wants to get better and he listens to his coaches to get better so to have like a guy that's willing to take criticism and use it to a good advantage like i remember when i was 19 i don't want to hear people tell me that i wasn't good at this part of being on the radio or whatever like to be able to have the maturity to say okay okay coach i will do that and then be able to utilize it and Dude, like it's it's just the he can fit in any scheme. Like if you're trying to blitz, I've seen him just take the ball out of point guard's hands when he's blitzing on the double team. We made poor use of Nurkic trying blitz all last year, but Jairus Walker can do that. He can ice a pick and roll. He can hedge. He can do anything that you need him to do. And I, like I would love to see Yusuf if he's still on the team, be able to be the big brother to Jairus and teach him like all of the things that he can do. Do you think Jairus Walker is a good pairing for Damian now and Shaden Sharp in the future? It's a really good question. Um, Thanks. Personally, if I'm Portland and there is not another megastar on, on the market, um, first of all, I'm not trading Shaden Sharp under any circumstances. No. That, that's been my stance almost since I saw him that that first game against Sacramento. I was like, this, this kid's too special. So w- when I'm looking at these draft prospects, it's who is going to work well with Shaden long term. Mm-hmm. And what you want with 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 Shaden is obviously a, a defender because Shaden, I think, is going to grow into a defender. And I think you want someone with a wingspan and athleticism that can get on the floor and run but can also get him opportunities in the open court. And when you have a player like Jairus Walker, who is so good in the passing lanes off ball mm-hmm. that you're going to turn defense into offense. And that, that is going to really start to snowball um, on the op- opposition when you're just getting dunked on by, by sharp after all of these, you know, turnovers are created. Like we we've watched the blazers this year, especially early on when they turn the ball over at such a high clip that they, they never won. It just, it takes so many possessions away from them and mm-hmm. gives the, their, their opponents so many easy buckets that they already weren't a good defensive team. So now you're climbing uphill and there's really no, no end in sight. So I think he fits really well with, with Shaden. I, I think really outside of Victor Wimbanyama, I, I don't know if there's a prospect that's going to be ready for Damian Lillard right now, mm-hmm. but again, I think he could make Dame's life easier, but if, if the goal is to to go all in, like I I don't know if there's a rookie outside of Wemby that's helping Dame accomplish that. So it's it's hard to say given Dame's um timeline. Uh I could see Portland keeping keeping this pick. I could see see them moving it. So like um it's just it's really interesting. I think Joe Cronin is saying all of the right things, but his actions are kind of saying another, if you know what, if you're, if you can kind of catch my, like they're saying, Oh, we, we owe it to Dame, but yet every move they make seems like they're preparing for life post Dame. So 
Um, and it also takes takes two to tango. Like it, it, it's when it comes to a, a trading partner and what other star is is on the market. Um, so it'll be interesting to see. I definitely think it would be nice for him to play with, with um, a defensive minded big who can make up for some of his uh, mishaps. And then if you're maybe able to trade Ant in the offseason and get, again, more size, more length, uh, another two way player, because I think that's what the league is based on. The best teams have the best two way players. Um, I mean, we, we've, we've played like we've zigged when everybody zagged. Like, I feel like the last five years, everybody has been trying to get wings, trying to get wings. And we've been going, I mean, we've drafted some wings like Nasir and Shaden, but we've also used a lot of our draft capital and actual capital capital on six, three guards that can score. I think, I think Simon's as a score, as a shooter, probably top 15 top 10 but he's fucking awful at defense (laughs) so it's like we might need to use our first round pick and get some defense and if we don't get Wimby I think the best defensive prospect is 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 Jairus Walker being able to at least stop some of these penetration drive and kicks and just drive to the hoop like we've we've watched Drew Eubanks defend the cup Replace Drew Eubanks with Jarris Walker, and I think a lot of shit doesn't happen. I I, I don't see Jarris doesn't have that insatiable need to jump at everything. He I, I see him high contest a lot. Of course, he can block the block shots and steal the ball, but the way that he just makes people finish over high hands, it's like, oh, this dude knows what to do and where to be on the court. We've seen so often where. Players are bumping into each other and cutting when other people are cutting. The main culprit of that is gone, but the, I still see some bad, bad basketball IQ. Just so have a high basketball IQ, high motor, high defensive player. That's that's awesome to me. So I'm I'm all about Jarris Walker. If if he's there when the Blazers pick and we don't take him, I'm going to be pretty bummed because I think he fits a lot of what we need. And of course, Jeremy Grant's in that position, but he like. He can move down. Jairus can move up. Yusuf's never been healthy for an entire 82. Like, Jairus is going to get time. And, and like, what he can do offensively, like, we see what Trenton Watford can, has developed with Shaden Sharp. I just think Jairus Walker can do the same with Shaden Sharp on the, on the drives and on the cuts and the lobs. Like, Jairus is a really good passer. So, to, to even put the, the superstar in a better position. I think that's what the Blazers need to do is find players that make our superstars lives easier, not harder. And I think for a long time, we've made Dame's life harder. Like we've had Kent Bazemore and Evan Turner on the perimeter, just not even being a threat. So if we can get somebody that's a threat, man, that's going to make whoever our superstars lives easier. And Shaden and Jarris are similar age. They can grow together and Shaden's going to be that main guy, but Jarris could be that secondary star next to him. Like we, we, we've been saying some pretty illustrious people's names as their player comps. So uh, what, what are your player comps for Jarris Walker? Before we begin into the comps, I, I want your opinion. Okay. We, we've pumped him up. We've talked about all the things that he's great at. Where does he struggle? What gives you pause when you look at him as a prospect? If he doesn't hit, it's going to be because of what? He's not aggressive enough getting to the hoop. He 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 loves that floater. And I think if he can 
I like when I see him use that floater, it he's really good at it. But I feel like it's kind of uh an excuse not to try and finish through contact. And I get it. Like there's always a center in his way. So I, I wonder if NBA spacing makes this problem less of an issue, but he 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 loves that floater too much. And I, I think if he could just finish in the lane and dunk it, he's gonna get the foul line, it's gonna increase all of his statistics just dunking it. So I, I guess it's the the non-aggression the 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 reliance on the floater. Cause I I believe the shot's gonna be fine. But what about you? I would say I think he's a, one of the safer picks. I think the floor is pretty high just on the defensive ability mm. alone. Where the ceiling might not get met is if he's not able to grow into being being able to take his defender on the perimeter and blow by them with mm-hmm. a handle. Um, we're already what do you seeing, think of his handle? I think it's pretty good for a big man. It's not bad. I, I See, I'm more concerned, and I, I texted you this. He's kind of got that... I think he's still growing. That That's my thing. I think he's still growing because when I watch him run or kind of dribble and try to explode, I, he almost has, he's almost like a baby giraffe out there. And it's, it reminds me a lot of what we're seeing with Jabari Walker. Like it doesn't look, look like Jabari Walker has finished growing either. Like he just kind of runs a little, it's not like he's able to fully get that stride or his gait. And he's, he's still kind of growing into that. And if he's able to do that, like that's that's where you, you really start to get scary, right? If he if he's able to become that athlete, because you you watch Shaden on tape, even in the EYBL against players who will never sniff a D one offer, he just looked effortless out there, gliding, and it was mm. pure and it was satisfying to watch, and it's just like everything you want to see from a wing athlete. Like it just looked perfect. With Jarris it's a little bit more like there's a little bit of a hitch. Like it, can you get a little bit more smoother in that? And I think that will determine, especially uh, defensively too, like on the perimeter, can he stick with those, those quicker guards if he's able to, to open up? Uh, I so think it might be, he's takes like three steps when it should be two. Like he's, he, I don't know if the flexibility is in his legs yet, but I, I think like two things. One, I think that his his dribbling is pretty good for someone that tall. Like he does hesitations, he does like a like he does he has a bag defensively, and maybe maybe it's the spacing. But I feel like if he ha- it, it, when he utilizes his bag, there's not there's not that many players that are as big and as strong and as fast as Jarris in the league. Like I can think of LeBron and Paulo, and there's not that many people built like him. So if he can if he can get more flexible with his body and you have the dribbles, that's pretty that's pretty deadly because he he can get to his spots and get to his shot. Sometimes most of the times it's the floater, but he gets to his spots where he feels very comfort comfortable. Second question, or second thing I want to talk about is shooting or playmaking the thing that has more star power to it for him playmaking no well for prospects in general it's a team by team basis in my opinion and player some, by player. some teams some teams need a clay thompson some teams need to dream on like on the offensive end of the floor so it's whatever you're going to value i think they're equally valuable but what does your team need i think that's where you kind of drop down from okay like i don't think you can really 
distinguish one quality from the other. Hopefully they have both, right? That's what we're the elite. That's where you make the superstars. Exactly. But then, then you drop down to the team need. What, what do I need on my team? Do I need somebody to be a, you know, a server and and dish out all of the dishes to, to, to the shooters, or do I need some shooting to open up the floor for, for my guards? So that, that for, for Portland, you need another ball handler, another decision maker, because Lord knows we've needed multiples of those for ages. If, if, if his, uh, ball handling and decision making can cut Dame's usage down. That's going to add years onto his life because he's like he's handling it like prime Luca, prime James Harden, prime Russell Westbrook. If Jarris being a decision maker, and I, I honestly don't remember the Blazers having a decision making power forward outside of Lamarcus Aldridge. If we can find that in Jarris Walker and bring his usage down, then I think Dame does benefit by Jarris Walker's appearance on this team i think that once he is an nba athlete and doesn't have to go to school all day and can focus on his body i think that whoever drafts him hopefully it is portland can work on that flexibility with his 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 trunk because he's strong enough to do whatever but if he has the flexibility man he could he could be bam out of bio with his switchability and there aren't that many guys that have that all right you you asked earlier what what are your what are your player comps for for Jairus Walker? Um, I mean, I think he's going to be better than this, but I think Beef Stew and him have a lot of similarities, especially body type. They're both fucking horses. Uh, Beef Stew has shown that he can guard guards now. And I think Jairus obviously can do that. Jairus has a like a playmaking. He's such a better playmaker, which means that he's such a better player than Beast 2. But both of them can shoot. Both of them can play defense. Both of them have the same body type. So a better passing, playmaking Beast 2 is like the 50 percentile outcome for me. Yeah, I would agree with that, Isaiah Stewart. Once you mentioned that, I couldn't think of anything um, more accurate. So I, I'm, I'm going to go with, with that one as well. What do you think is his middle of the road? Uh, chances are this is who he is type of comp. I'm going, I, I love him. I'm going Paul Millsap because I think both of them are similar size. Both of them have that dog in them. Paul Millsap was the leading rebounder in the NCAA. He has that dog in him. They both have skills and skill sets. And once be, being able to utilize their skill sets, I think that right now Jairus is on a team that's competing for the championship. So he can't be able to show everything. When Paul Millsap went to Atlanta, he was able to show his entire rig of his bag and went to the all-star game because of it. So I think the 75th percentile is Paul Millsap. I said it earlier, but I think you're looking at Gerald Wallace with league average shooting. Um, Great. Crash have the playmaking. He wasn't really asked to do it in the open court, but when you, when you're just looking at a player in terms of their off ball prowess, their just want and desire just all out hustle that's really what comes to mind um and he was given that corner three a lot and when he hit it that's when he was really lethal um if he's if he is a league average that's why i said i think he's Gerald wallace with, with league average uh shooting and you can maybe sprinkle in some playmaking there but i think that's that's a relative expectation taking someone potentially top five um in the draft in a player who i think blazer fans would absolutely fall in love with 
would he be a fan favorite? I think just because of the the desire and the hustle, right. he has to be. People we are love Drew talking about Matisse Thibel after like two games and going having one game where he shot four for six from three and, and blocked Malik Beasley shot in the third row. Blazer fans are like some of the most love drunk fans in the entire NBA. Like one, he gives one good interview and everyone's just like, you know, fawning over the, the, the new guy. Like Blazer, Blazer fans love everyone. I mean, let's be real. There's maybe like one player on the team that kind of gets scapegoated, but everyone else is like, you know, you, you my uncle might be a drunk i can say that but you don't call my uncle a drunk like that's the type of love the blazers have with their fans like this is our bunch of guys and you remember admiral schofield saying how much he loved the loved environment the water, and- let's draft him let's draft him on that alone oh you like multnomah falls yeah fucking let's let's sign you up number one overall like that's <laughs> I mean, we Blazer, Blazer fans love people who love our, our city and our state. And uh, so, yeah, I, I think he definitely would be. I mean, I can't think of any reason why he wouldn't be. But but what is your absolute ceiling 99th percentile and to infinity beyond comparison for Jairus Walker? You know, 99th percentile is Kawhi Leonard. 90th? Is Pascal Siakam with much better? Do you really passes. think he could get to Kawhi? I I don't I don't know. Even that didn't you say pie in the sky ideals? I I suppose. I guess even my biggest pie in the sky, I don't see Kawhi. But that this is your comp. So well, I, like I, I feel like Pascal Siakam with league average shooting and very good passing. Is that's, my, that's that's pretty good for 99th. Yeah, but I, I mean, I, I, pie in the sky is Kawhi, but. I'm cool with saying Pascal Siakam with really good passing. Like, I, I feel like Pascal, when I watch him, he can pass, but he doesn't have the reads that Jairus Walker has at 19. Like, that, the ability to pass and playmake for others, that's fucking sexy as a, as a prospect to me, man. So, a big man that can pass? You know I got an affinity for that. So, I... Pascal Siakam, that's a good that's a good catch and shoot guy that can shoot off the dribble a little bit and play make really, really, really well. I don't know if a player exists for his 99th. I know. Honestly, it could be Draymond. It could be a taller Draymond. That's if I were to say pine this guy, this is who he is. Uh a more aggressive offensively minded Draymond Green. That's like Going from Pascal Siakam to Draymond Green shows the versatility that this young yeah, man it, has. It's hard to see because when I think of Jairus Walker, it's mostly defense. How can he impact the game and who does he compare to defensively? Because that's what I believe in the most. And if he's able to become that type of defender where he's playing off ball and on ball, he's switching, he's playing middle of the floor, he's blitzing, you're able to basically utilize him like a Swiss army knife. Like that, that to me is worthy of a 99th percentile comparison. But then you throw in the playmaking, and that's where Draymond really excels. Mm. And even, even earlier in his career, 2015, 2016, Draymond, he was league average from three. He mm-hmm. he didn't used to be so terrible and so hesitant shooting the basketball. So maybe 2015, Draymond Green w- would be my comparison because I still don't know if Jairus is ever going to be that Kawhi type of player offensively. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if he's league average from three and become an elite playmaker, that's where I start to see pie in the sky comparisons from uh, Mr. Green. That I mean, you know, it's crazy because I can see him being Draymond Green. I can see well, I just poked my phone really hard. 
I could see him being Pascal Siakam. I could see him being Paul Millsap. I could see him being Crash. That shit, like, when we talk about our 90th percentile or 99th percentile, it's like, you know, there's a chance he hits it. But I can see him doing that. I can see him making decisions in the playoffs for a very good playoff team. And he's that missing piece that's cleaning shit up and making good plays. Like, that's... Blazer fans have wanted what Jarris Walker provides for decades, man. Decades. Like, a playmaking center that plays defense and is a decision maker and can shoot. That's... That's what... That's, like, everything that's listed... He provides at 19. Yeah, I mean, he excites me. Like, the potential Jairus Walker on this team excites me. Before we got Shaden, before we got potentially get Jairus, there's like a 1% chance we win the chip. But if we if Shaden hits what he hits, Jairus hits what he hits, that potential is so much higher because of the height. And that excites me. Because watching this team with the defensive liabilities that we have, I do it. I love doing it. But there's a reason no me. team outside of the 0-1 Lakers who kind of lollygagged through the season has ever been out of the, the top 10 in defensive uh, defensive rating. Like, no, you have to be top 10 defense bare minimum unless you have maybe two of the most generational talents of, of all time on, on your roster. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and then, they, then they turned it on in the playoffs and went 15, 16 and one. Uh, so, and I don't know if Portland's ever going to get prime Shaq or prime Kobe on, on the same team, maybe unless they get Wemby and then Shaden just turns into Kobe, but that's for another <laughs> That's day. for a very, very happy podcast from the both of us. So, um, you, you have to play defense. Defense matters. Absolutely. And you can't just get these players, no offense to like Matisse Thibel, where they're a liability on the offensive end of the floor. You have to get players that can go offensively and defensively and hold their own and then some that's how you win you look at the teams that are going to be competing for championships boston milwaukee uh philly that the clippers uh even maybe even phoenix like they have players that play offense but they also play defense and they can they have size they have length they have athleticism you have to start putting it together you know when, when people you say, have to have players that can defend that yeah like you do you do you see them guarding threes fours and fives and then if he gets switched on a two he won't get destroyed i mean if he's 99th percentile he should be able to guard everyone <laughs> yeah that's i mean that's it i mean but otherwise i think Jokic can... and Embiid will give him trouble but they give everybody trouble so yeah i mean I, I think i'll put the effort in to make it as hard as possible on those centers too I mean, Bam holds his own against one through five. If he if he if he can do that, like yeah, you're gonna excel against players of of your size. But if you can at least make it a little bit difficult for for those guards, and you can switch and blitz, and if if you're on an island, you can you know put put some clamps down once in a while, or even just make the shot difficult. That's really all you uh, can ask for. But again, you're drafting a player really based on their defense in the top five the answer to that question has to be a resounding yes. Like you have to know in your heart, this player two to three years from now is going to be able to guard one through five. Mm-hmm. Then you go all in and you and you use that massive asset to draft this player because you're putting almost a decade worth of investment into this pick. You, you absolutely cannot miss on high draft picks. Look at the Washington Wizards. Yep. We talked about this. Danny Abdia, Rui Hachimura, uh, 
who did Corey Kispert? Like they've just wasted draft pick after draft pick after draft pick. Johnny Davis, unfortunately. Uh, he's struggling, but I'm willing to give him a little bit of time. Um, but yeah, there were other players that maybe could have helped them a little bit better or, or who were progressing a little bit uh, more at the moment. But when you don't draft, you can't build. And when you can't build, you can't win. And when you can't win, you stay in the same spot. So in your sit trading your first round pick or your first rounder from four years ago for Kendrick Nunn and second round picks. Yeah. All <laughs> right, Sage. Uh, I got to get back to the baby. It absolutely, was man. Absolutely Great episode, wonderful. bro. I'm, I'm very happy to be doing this again. And we will be back again. I don't know if the cadence will be as frequent as it was uh, last year, pre-newborn, but we will do our best. Mm-hmm. I'm very excited uh, to watch the remaining of the season wind down, watch those young guns, get all those reps, um, and start to look at some other prospects who would exceed and thrive alongside of Portland's young core. Uh, Sage, let our listeners know where they can find us, and uh, we will be back uh, after this next week of games, uh, probably Sunday or Monday, and uh, go Blazers. Absolutely. We are available on iTunes, Stitcher, Himalaya Podcast, everywhere where you get your podcast, we're there. Leave us a nice review, five-star, sub to us, and we will be back doing more Blazers and draft content soon. So peace out, everyone.